Welcome everyone to a brand new edition of Learn About World Cuisine. The show that takes you on a culinary tour around the world. Today's topic will be Cancun. And then at the end of the program, I will give you some fun, mind-blowing facts about Mexican cuisine. So let's start exploring Cancun. Cancun has a population of 1,023,000 people. Cancun is one of the world's most popular tourist destinations. And there are roughly 8.5 million tourists per year that go to Cancun. Cancun is located in southeastern Mexico on the northeastern coast of the Yucatan Peninsula. That's a mouthful. The life expectancy for the average person living in Cancun is 75 and a half years old. The service sector in Cancun employs over 60% of the people in Cancun. All right, let's get into the fun facts. I like to give the stats at the beginning of every show, uh, just so you're familiar with what kind of uh, location we're talking about. So we're done the stats. Now let's talk about some fun facts about Cancun. The beaches of Cancun are made of crushed coral. So what does the beach being made of crushed coral mean? It means the sand will not burn your feet. One of the most fun facts you're going to hear in this episode, and I was shocked by this, Cancun was just created in 1970. You heard me right. Before 1970, only three people lived in Cancun, and they were people taking care of a coconut plantation. What happened in 1970 is the government said, hey, we need to bring in some tourist revenue. And they invested, I have the stats somewhere, but they invested a lot of money and they created Cancun as a tourist destination. That was done by the government. That was purposely done by the government. But what shocks me is that Cancun never existed before 1970. The government uh, created it in 1970. Before 1970, Cancun only had three living people, and they were a caretaker of a coconut plantation. So before 1970, only three people lived in Cancun, and they were caretakers of a coconut plantation. That blew my mind when I found that out. That was that was. That was mind-blowing. Okay, there is an underwater, there's an entire underwater museum that you can take a look at. Just rent a glass-bottom boat in Cancun, and there's an actual underwater museum, a museum that's underwater. If you like to snorkel or scuba dive, Cancun is your spot. They have the second largest barrier reef in the entire world. The second largest barrier reef in the entire world is located in Cancun. 
Cancun has the longest underwater cave in the entire world. And you're going to learn later in the episode that cave exploration is very popular in Cancun. There's an entire cave underwater in Cancun. It's the longest underwater cave in the entire world. Uh, Cancun does not acknowledge daylight savings time. So keep that in mind. If you're one of our world travelers that listen to the show to get some ideas for trips, Cancun does not observe daylight savings time. So uh, you're going to have to keep that in mind. So there's no hour, there's no clocks that move one hour forward, and there's no clocks that move one hour backwards. They don't observe it. The hotel area. Now this is this is pretty interesting. Every May. Turtles come home to lay eggs, okay? And what they do is they lay the egg. Now, we're talking about turtles, okay? It happens every May. A large amount of turtles return to Cancun, and they lay their eggs on the beaches in May. But their nest is in the hotel area of Cancun. So the tourist area where all the hotels are is the nest for these turtles that come back to lay eggs every May. And it is well known and it is common knowledge that the citizens of Cancun, including the hotel and the hotel employees, uh, make sure that they protect these turtles. And everybody co- cooperates by making sure they protect the turtle eggs. Uh, that's the people at the hotel, the hotel employees, and even the citizens. All make sure that those turtle eggs are protected. So it's tradition every May. The turtles come back to lay eggs on the beaches of Cancun, and their nest is located in the, tr- in the hotel area. Cancun is basically split into two zones. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I did about six hours of research for this show. Some say it's split into three zones, but I'm going to go with the two zones. So Cancun is basically split into two zones. One zone is the hotel zone. That's where all the tourists go. That's where the big hotels are. And the other zone in Cancun is the downtown area. The hotel is the to- hotel zone is where the tourists stay, and it has all the glamorous hotels. But the locals pretty much stay in the downtown area of Cancun. And they're telling people, they're giving people a heads up, the downtown area is not as safe as the tourist area. The tourist area is very safe. Uh, hardly any... Uh, crime or anything in the tourist area. But downtown is not as safe as the tourist area. And what I like about downtown is a lot of people online are bragging about the downtown area of Cancun. There's a lot of cheap restaurants. The the cost to buy stuff is not as much. So even though it's a downtown area filled with the locals, uh, some tourists say they like it down there. Uh, but they have two zones in Cancun. One zone is the hotel zone where all the glamorous hotels and the tourists stay. And then there's another zone of Cancun that is the downtown area where the locals are. 
Hurricane Wilma hit Cancun hard. Hurricane Wilma in 2005 hit Cancun very hard, and it destroyed eight miles in beaches. Okay, so that's how hard that hurricane hit Cancun. In 2005, eight miles of beaches were destroyed by Hurricane Wilma. Thankfully, Cancun was able to get the money to do a restoration project, and they restored eight miles of the beach. Cancun, now this, hold on to your chairs. I don't want anyone falling off their chairs because of the startling information I'm sharing today. So make sure you got a good grasp of your chair. Cancun contributes a quarter of the tourist revenue for the entire country of Mexico. One quarter of the entire tourist revenue in Mexico comes from Cancun. And later in the show, I'm going to give you a startling stat about how much money that is. I was very surprised that Mexico brings in that kind of money in tourism. One of the biggest collections of Mayan artifacts is located in Cancun. Cancun was created by a government tourism project in 1970. I told you that. Uh... Cancun was created by the government. It was a project to attract tourists. Cancun has the second busiest airport in all of Mexico. How about that? That gives you an idea. And when I share the number later in the episode about how much tourist revenue comes in to Mexico, you're going to be shocked. So Cancun has the second busiest airport in all of Mexico. If you're one of our world travelers, we have a lot of world travelers that listen to this show, and they like to fact check me <laughs> by writing me emails at diningonadime at yahoo.com. Uh, they, are, they love the show, and they love the information I give, but they do like to uh, add to the stats that I give. If you're one of our world travelers, Cancun's hurricane season is May to December. So May to December is hurricane season. The actual name, Cancun, is a Mayan name that means nest of serpents. Now, I want everyone tonight, when you go home to your dinner table, I want you to sit around the dinner table, and I want you to quiz your other family members. And I want you to ask them, what does the, what does the name Cancun mean in Mayan? It means nest of serpents. <laughs> I find that hysterical. The color of the flag of Cancun is red, blue, and yellow. Tourism in Cancun is at its peak during spring break. That's obvious. Spring break is the height of the tourist season in Cancun. All right. Cancun has many Echo theme parks. I found this to be fascinating. There are a lot of theme parks in Cancun that have revolved around Echo Friendly. Okay? What does Echo Friendly theme parks mean? Instead of roller coasters, as you would see in a normal theme park, an Echo Friendly theme park is exploring caves, 
and doing adventurous stuff like that. It's not necessarily a roller coaster like you would normally see. It's an eco-friendly uh, theme park, and it's, you know, cave exploration and other things of that nature. Let's talk about safety. As I talked about earlier, the tourist area of Cancun is very, very safe. So if you're worried about if you're traveling to Cancun or you want to go to Cancun, please keep in mind the tourist area where the hotels are is extremely safe. I think they've had one incident in like a long time. A lot of people hesitate about traveling to Mexico due to safety issues. I want to make sure the stats that I the stats that I researched are that the tourist area is very safe in Cancun. Uh, now, the downtown area is not as safe as the tourist area, but the tourist area is very safe. Uh, here's an interesting fact. Here's what I was talking about earlier. Here's the stat we've all been listening and waiting for. The yearly tourism revenue in Mexico, and keep in mind, Cancun is bringing in a quarter of this. $22.5 billion, with a B, dollars. Who would have thought? That's incredible. The yearly revenue for tourism in the country of Mexico is $22.5 billion, with a B, dollars. Cancun is bringing in a quarter of that money. The Great Barrier Reef, which we talked about earlier, is a very popular tourist destination. It's the second largest in the world. Scuba divers flock to it. And it's the second largest barrier reef in the entire world. I don't know why I write the show. I take six hours to write the show, and I have repeated three things already. Keep in mind, one of the most interesting facts. Another thing I'm repeating. Hold on. Uh, some people say that Cancun is very Americanized. Now, you will hear uh, world travelers and tourists say that Cancun is very Americanized, and they like to experience an authentic Mexican experience when they go to Mexico. But a lot of people I read disagree with that, and you can experience a lot of authentic uh, Mexico in Cancun. But a lot, some people say that Cancun is very Americanized and you can't get the authentic Mexico experience, but uh, a lot of people disagree with that. Cancun has many festivals throughout the year. One of the popular festivals in Cancun, which is worth the trip, is the Cancun Jazz Festival. And I read from a tourist on one of the travel uh, websites he said that the Cinco de Mayo celebration in Cancun is worth the trip alone. All right, let me try. Let me try speaking. You ready? Let's try it. Playa del Fines. Some people say, I'm, I'm positive I mispron mispronounced that, trust me. But Playa del Fines. Uh, people say it's the best beach away from the tourist zone. And that's where the famous Cancun sign is located. So it's a great spot to get photos 
And people say it's the most photographed area in Cancun. And it's a great place to watch the sun go up and down. I'm not going to try pronouncing it again because I am sure I mispronounced it. But you you can uh, rewind the show. (laughs) Between 2009 and 2010, Cancun went under a major beach restoration. Now check this out. Between 2009 and 2010, they were restoring the beach. And there is an estimated 1.3 billion, again, with a B, 1.3 billion gallons of sand was added to the beach. And I'll tell you what, when you're bringing in that kind of revenue, like I just told you, $22.5 billion in tourist revenue for Mexico, and a quarter of that comes from Cancun. So what they did was they did a beach restoration that added 1.3 billion gallons of sand to the beach. Three out of the nine beaches in Cancun have received the very prestigious Blue Flag Certification. All right, like I always say to you guys every week, I think a one-hour podcast is way too long. I fall asleep when I listen to a one-hour podcast. I fall asleep halfway through. So I think one hour is too long. Go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio. And this show does extremely well on Amazon Music, our great friends at Amazon. And all you got to do is search for Learn About World Cuisine and subscribe to the show. And I have I have most of my shows are under 40 minutes long because I think a one-hour podcast is way too long. So most of the shows I put out every week are under 40 minutes. And each show I do gives you fun, mind-blowing facts about the country or the location around the world and their cuisine. So go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio. My, my tip of the day is go to podparadise.com and listen, look up Learn About World Cuisine and listen to the show. Most of the shows are under 40 minutes long. Now, you can also go to my website, phillyrestaurantreviewswithans.com, and I have a link to the show on my website. So why am I telling you this? Uh, That is because we're going to start getting into the fun facts about Mexican cuisine. And then we're going to end the show. So we're 18 minutes into the show. Uh, So this is one of my shows that's going to be under 30 minutes. And if you go to my podcast platform, I've done some shows that were only 23 minutes. And that's because I do the show from my comfort of my own home. So I can make the shows as long or as short as I want. So let's get back to the program. Uh, let's talk about the food. This is going to be fun, mind-blowing facts about the food. I just want to start this section by talking about cuisine associated with Cancun. Okay? So, uh, one of the tips I learned from travelers online is somebody asked the question, hey, My trips to Cancun have always been all-inclusive. 
Should I get an all-inclusive trip? Is that really the best bang for my dollar? And a lot of people disagreed. A lot of people said, listen, there are some fantastic restaurants in Cancun. And they suggested that you go without the all-inclusive so you can try some of these restaurants. And there's more than one McDonald's in Cancun, so you can actually eat on the cheap in Cancun. So that was a debate they had on one of the travel websites. Some people were saying, hey, every time I go to Cancun, I always get all-inclusive. Some travelers disagreed, and they said, hey... I go without all-inclusive, and I eat at some of the greatest restaurants uh, that I've ever been to. And there's also cheap eating in Cancun. So it's your decision. But a lot of people do the all-inclusive, and I heard a lot of debate uh, from people saying that the all-inclusive, you can experience the great restaurants in Cancun if you don't do that. So... I looked up some of the restaurants that you can eat at in Cancun, and I must admit, they look fabulous. So a lot of great reviews and a lot of great restaurants in Cancun. So you can either do the all-inclusive, but a lot of people say, hey, man, I like to experience Cancun's restaurants. And you can also eat on the cheap in Cancun. So, obviously, since it's a paradise area in Cancun, that seafood is very popular in the restaurants of Cancun. Raw fish is popular in the restaurants in Cancun, such as ceviche. Shrimp ceviche is very popular in the restaurants of Cancun. The one thing I discovered, which is normal for the rest of the world... Unlike America, now if you go to my podcast, your favorite podcast platform, and you look up my past episodes, I have covered many countries where lunch is the main meal of the day. In many countries around the world, the main meal is lunch, and that is how it is in Mexico. So your big meal in America is dinner. In Mexico and many countries around the world that I have already explored, it is lunch. So in Mexico, it is not unusual for somebody to have a huge lunch because it's the main meal of the day. And then for dinner, they will have leftovers from the main meal of the day. I believe the lunchtime in Mexico is 12 to 2, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. All right, so I don't know why I I wrote a lot of repeats. Hold on. All right, now I want to take a minute to name some foods that are specifically in Cancun, and they're popular in Cancun. And then we'll get into the fun Mexican food facts. All right, so the uh, fun facts about Mexican cuisine... Uh, We'll be in a minute, but I just want to explore. Seafood is very, very popular in Cancun. So if you go to the restaurants in uh, Cancun, you'll see that seafood is very popular on the menus. But I found something interesting. I found that World Traveler on a website was talking about the Italian restaurant. 
Uh, there's actually good Italian food in uh, Cancun also. So let's move on, and we're going to talk about Mexican cuisine. All right? So let's start with fun facts about Mexican cuisine. Mexican cuisine is actually filled with fruits and vegetables. So a lot of people think that it's all guacamole and uh, beans and refried beans, etc. Mexican cuisine is actually filled with fruits and vegetables. And the fruits and vegetables play a major, major role in the cuisine. Lots of authentic Mexican dishes are made with mangoes and pomegranates. All right. Now, I have said this on many shows uh, because I've done a lot of shows about Mexico or Mexican cuisine, and here it is. This is a really interesting thing. Caesar salad was created in Mexico. So the Caesar salad that you would attribute to either Italy or the U.S. was actually created in Mexico. It was invented in 1924 in Mexico. Here's another fun fact. Tomatoes originated in Mexico. A lot of people associate tomatoes with Italy and Italian cuisine. That's not true. Tomatoes originated in Mexico. When you think about Mexican cuisine, you think about nachos. Well, nachos were created on the spot. The famous dish, nachos, that everyone eats, uh, was created on a whim. It was created on the spot for military wives in 1943. So the person that created nachos was not the name. He didn't have the name nacho. In Mexico, nacho is a popular nickname in Mexico. So when the person was cooking for military wives, he basically threw uh, ingredients together, and that is how you came up with nachos. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But he was cooking for military wives, and he was just looking at different things he had in the kitchen, and that is how nachos were created. Another interesting fact is that the Haas avocado, which is my favorite avocado. Uh, many foodies out there know about Haas avocados. They were banned from being sold in the United States starting in 1914. They didn't lift the ban on selling Haas avocados in the USA until 1997. And then in 2002, Haas avocados were being sold in all 50 U.S. states. So I bet you didn't know that Haas avocados started being banned in the United States in 1914. And that ban lasted all the way till 1997. And it took till 2002 for Haas avocados to be sold in all 50 U.S. states. Although Mexican cowboys, how about this? Mexican cowboys have been eating fajitas since the 1930s. 
But fajitas never caught on in the U.S. until the 70s. So Mexican cowboys were eating fajitas all the way back in the 1930s, but it didn't become popular in the U.S. until the 70s. Although fajitas are basically new, right? Uh, Tamales have been around for 8,000 years. You heard that correct. Tamales have been in existence for 8,000 years. And tamale is translated to wrapped food. That's what tamales mean. So the translation for tamales is wrapped food. As in many other countries we have covered on the show, Mexican cuisine varies by region. And we have covered many, many countries on the show where you can get different uh, cuisines based upon the region you are in. Legend has it that tortillas were invented by a peasant. Tortilla is one of the most popular Mexican foods. They were invented by a peasant who was trying to please his king. And now today, Mexican families eat up to two pounds of tortillas per day. Wow, two pounds a day. So tortillas were created by a a peasant because he was trying to impress and please his king. Here's a staggering stat. Americans eat four and a half billion with a B, billion tacos per year. Wow. So the U.S., Americans eat four and a half billion tacos per year. But that's not, that's not even, that's nothing. That's not even sand off the beach because Mexicans eat 50 billion tacos every year. That's a lot of tacos. So the average American, uh, the Americans, I'm sorry, the USA eats four and a half billion tacos per year, but in Mexico, They eat about 50 million tacos per year. Now, let's get into the history of the taco. Let's talk some taco. Some people believe that the first taco was consumed centuries ago in 500 B.C. And it was introduced to the United States in the early 1900s by Mexican immigrants. So tacos have been around since 500 B.C. Now, when you think of tacos, the first place you think of is Taco Bell. Glenn Bell, who is the founder of Taco Bell, he opened his first Taco Bell in California in 1962. So Taco Bell started in California in 1962. National Taco Day in the United States is October 4th. However, National Taco Day in Mexico is March 31st. Now, what does the word taco translate to? What does the word taco translate to? 
Taco translates to the word light lunch. How about that? So tacos are translated to mean light lunch. How about that? Now there is a it, some you know sometimes this show gets into folk, folklore, you know, and legends. So we're going to get into that right now. According to legend, legend has it that. Uh, lunchtime, you usually eat seafood tacos. And then street tacos were eaten at dinner time. As I have mentioned on other shows, I want everyone, I want everyone to hold on to their chairs. I don't want any injuries from people falling off their chairs from this incredible information. As I have mentioned on other shows, Chocolate was invented in Mexico. Yes, you heard that right. Chocolate started out in Mexico. And it was discovered when the Spanish arrived in Mexico as long ago as the early 1500s. So chocolate originated in Mexico. So when the Spanish arrived in Mexico in the early 1500s, they discovered that the Aztecs were drinking a bitter chocolate drink. And that is how chocolate started. And as I have said before, in my opinion, I think Mexican hot chocolate is delicious. I love it. If I see a restaurant or a cafe with Mexican hot chocolate, I go out of my way to get it. I love it. And even today, a lot of people think... Of Mexican hot chocolate. Uh, a lot of people agree with me. They love Mexican hot chocolate. And uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, Mexican hot chocolate has a little bit of a kick to it, a little bit of spice. The word mole means sauces in Mexico. So sauces is when you ever hear of a chef talking about they're going to make... Blank, blank, mole. Mole means sauce. Now, here's something fun. Insects. That's right. You heard me. Insects are commonly eaten in Mexico. So it's very common for Mexicans to eat insects. Grasshoppers are actually very popular in Mexico to be eaten. And some people say that Mexican cuisine has the most edible insects of all the cuisines. Flowers are also eaten in Mexico. And I'm sorry, I'm, eating flowers is not that uncommon. I've heard of that many times. Uh, flowers are also consumed in, Mexi uh, in Mexico. They're very popular in Mexican cuisine. Flowers and insects. A very popular soup... In Mexico, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, is made from the meat of a cow's stomach. So I'm just trying to get the point across. A lot of Mexican cuisine has peculiar things uh, in their cuisine. Mexican cuisine has desserts that are specifically designed for the holidays. So Cinco de Mayo 
has a dessert attached to it. Uh, Christmas and other holidays, they all have a popular dessert that are associated with the holiday. All right. Corn. I should have said this up front, to be honest with you. But corn is the most popular staple food in Mexico. So corn is very popular in Mexico. It's probably the most popular staple food. Now, not only do you have tuna fish, the tuna fish we all know of is in a can and you mix it with mayonnaise, right? But tuna is actually a fruit in Mexico. And they used the tuna fruit to make ice cream. So if you're down traveling to Mexico and you see tuna ice cream, it's not what you think. There's an actual, there's a fruit named tuna. The very popular churro was introduced to Mexico all the way back in the early 1500s. Now, Spain has also played a major influence in Mexican cuisine. The Spanish introduced Mexico to many, 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 many foods, including beef, pork, and wheat. They were all introduced to Mexico by the Spanish. Manchego cheese. Can I say that again? Because that is fun to say. I want everyone at home to say it. It's fun. Manchego cheese is a very popular cheese in Mexico. And there's a lot of it being made in Mexico. All right. Once again, we are repeating ourselves. So I'm going to end the show. Uh, Let's see where we stand. Yeah, we're getting a little bit long. Uh, Go to your favorite podcast platform. Spotify. iHeartRadio. Pandora Radio. This show does outstanding on Amazon Music. And look up Learn About World Cuisine and subscribe to the show. I have 140 shows on the platform. We have explored 140 different places around the world. So look up Learn About World Cuisine. I recommend that people just go to Google and put in Learn About World Cuisine podcast. And you'll get all the air, you'll get all the places that carry the show. And I want you to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. Each week, I take a different part of the world. And I give you fun, mind-blowing facts about the area of the world and its cuisine. Now, keep in mind, a new episode is published every Thursday. And as I say every show at the end, if it's Thursday morning... It's time for you to check your favorite podcast platform for a brand new episode of Learn About World Cuisine. I will speak to everyone next Thursday.